about 2,000 years ago, a regional census was called in part of the Roman Empire. Everyone was required to return to their hometown to register. A young man, Joseph, with his heavily pregnant wife, Mary, made their way to Bethlehem. Many people travelled alongside them and they arrived to find the town bursting with visitors, all looking for a bed for the night. No room could be found at any of the inns for this young couple. Finally, an innkeeper, feeling sorry for them, offered to let them shelter in his stable. And on that night, their baby was born. Hello. Hello, Annie Liz. Hello, darling. How's the trip going? Is that little boy giving you any grief? Not anymore. He's out. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. What's he like? I don't know where to begin. He's so beautiful. And his eyes, are his eyes meant to be open? He's so awake. Is he giving you curry, is he? No, not at all. He's as quiet as, as a lamb. Sorry, can you hold on a moment? Joey, there's a lamb in here and it's bothering Jesus. No, it's in here, near the baby. No, no, the donkey's gone out, the lamb has come back in. Sorry, what were you um, saying? Oh, sorry, I just, sounds like you've got your hands full. I can't hear you very well, the signal's not that strong. Oh, it's cause we're in a carport. You're where? Thought you said you're in a carport. <laughs> no, you heard right. That's exactly where we are. When we got to Bethlehem, there was literally nowhere to go. So many people are in town for the census and we'd arrived so late that there just weren't any rooms left. But this hotel manager took pity on us and said we could stay in his carport. I think it was his wife, actually. One look at me saw that I needed somewhere and fast. So you gave birth in a carport? Well, it wasn't that bad. Joey put a tarp down and, and some blankets over it. And when Jesus finally arrived, we had a ready-made crib with one of those feeding troughs. <laughs> oh my goodness. You sound very calm about it. Joey, he's back in here again. Well, to be honest, it's not the strangest thing that's happened tonight. We've had cows and donkeys, and then there were all the visitors. It's like a train station in here. Visitors to a carport? Well, the hotel manager's wife was down to help with the birth. Joey was a little panicked, and I wasn't much better. And so that meant the hotel manager was in and out too. And then there were all the people coming and going, seeing to their animals. And then, then there was the shepherds. Yeah, a whole bunch of them turned up about an hour after the birth. I was an absolute mess and Joey was doing his best to get Jesus settled. And then there was this banging on the door and all of a sudden all these rough men were crowding in. Why? They said they'd come to see the saviour and they were really tough looking, but trying so hard to be polite, especially when they saw me. 
but there was no way we could say no to them. They were so excited. <laughs> Oi! Shoo! Excited. Drunk, more like no, it. not at all. They said they'd come from the paddocks just outside of town because an angel had appeared to them, saying that God's saviour was going to be born in Bethlehem that night. So they decided it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and set off to find us. Well, you and I know about angels, so I guess it's no surprise that one came to the birth. I know, right? <laughs> anyway... They knew it had to be our Jesus because the angel said they'd find him lying in a manger, which I wouldn't have believed if I hadn't seen it myself. Hang on, Annie Liz. Joey, there's someone at the door. I think it's more shepherds. But I won't hold you up, darling. I've got to get back to my John. He's starting to pull himself up on things. He got into the honey last week. What a mess. <laughs> anyway, you're busy. Try and get some rest. I'll try. But I'll be honest, there's plenty to think about here, which I will do just as soon as I get some sleep. You do that, darling one. Have as silent a night as possible. Will do. Night, Auntie Liz. Night, darling. Well, the birth of every baby is good news, isn't it? The arrival of a new life full of potential is always a cause of celebration. I wonder if you remember the excitement of hearing or telling of the birth of someone special to you. For us, I think it feels like yesterday, doesn't it, Aaron? Although we're 12 and 9 years on. <laughs> but the birth of this baby was good news with a capital G. It was good news for Mary and Joseph good news for the shepherds, it was good news 2,000 years ago and it is good news for you and me today. The birth of this baby forms the basis of our global calendar. For example, right now, for at least a few more days, it is 2023 AD. So let's have a look at the news of this significant birth in Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20 today. Obviously entitled The Birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So let me ask you, how do you keep up with the news these days? Do you listen to the radio? Do you read the newspaper? Do you sit down to watch the news on telly while you eat your dinner? Or perhaps you keep up with the news online via social media or websites? There's lots of ways that we can keep up with the news these days. If you're anything like me, you might limit how much news you watch or listen to because it can be really depressing or there's so much chaos in the world, or simply feel like an overload of conflicting information. One day it's healthy to eat peanut butter and the next day it's killing you. So, you know, which one do you listen to? Yeah, just eat it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's mixed with chocolate in some sort of sweet. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Sorry, I got on a waylay there. But I do concede that it's important for us to know what news is happening around us to some extent, right? It's good to be informed. One of the most important events in human history was unfolding and headlines were released. The sky filled with the light of angels proclaiming this message. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. The news was not released, however, in the palace or to government officials. It wasn't given to the chief priests or the wealthy elite of Israel or Rome. Instead, the angels delivered their message to the poor, the young and ordinary, and foreigners from another country. The news was delivered into the hands of an ordinary carpenter and his teenage fiancée, who were far from home, sleeping rough, one might say. Then a band of smelly shepherds were the first to hear. I know we've shared about this before, but shepherds were treated with suspicion and disgust. They were commonly regarded as thieves and outcasts and were not even permitted to give evidence in courts. Possibly the strangest choice if the angels wanted the news spread because who would listen to shepherds anyway? The news was also delivered to wise men from far away who had been waiting for a sign that the world was about to change. These were not local Jewish or Roman leaders, they were foreigners. And if we skip ahead, we discover that Jesus brought the good news to people of all nations and social standings. He brought the good news to Samaritans as well as Jews. He preached good news to the poor and to the rich. He befriended the outcasts of society, including lepers and tax collectors, and he admitted women to the circle of his closest followers. His ministry was intended to enable the whole of humanity to see God's salvation. From the moment of his humble birth, Jesus demonstrated that God cares for all, regardless of social standing or nationality. The good news is for everyone. 
Before the good news came in living form, humans had tried for thousands of years to answer the question, what is God like? How can we keep the gods happy with us? God seemed distant and remote and people wrestled with how they, as physical beings, could understand and connect with a spiritual being. In the birth of Jesus, God revealed the way by coming to us. He humbled himself to become one of us. Or as Miriam said, skin on his face. (laughs) God with skin on his face. He came to show us God in flesh and blood and in the vulnerability and weakness of a baby. If ever there was an opportunity to enact his plan with a majestic flourish, it was at Jesus' birth. But God chose to reveal himself to us in humility. The angels announced the birth of the Messiah and the shepherds asked where they would find him. It's likely they expected to hear that this baby would be found in a palace, dressed in royal robes and surrounded by servants to meet his every need. But instead the angels announced that he could be found in a stable, wrapped in swaddling cloths and surrounded by animals. Matthew 1.20 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The birth of Jesus brought us an instant connection with God in the form of this tiny baby, God with us. God, the creator of the universe, reaches out to us and connects with us. He loves us and he wants to be known. He is with us and he is for us. He is not against us. The shepherds heard the good news with wonder and surprise. They responded by listening in wonder and wanting to know more. Now we live in a world that finds it pretty hard to believe in God or that he could come as a human being. It seems too much like a curious old fairy tale to many. We remarked just this week that it is incredible to see how welcome, as Aaron said, Christmas carols are in the secular world. People who don't profess to be committed churchgoers or Christian believers won't even bat an eyelid while singing away in a manger, wearing their Santa hats and waving a candle. But also, for us in the Christian community, we have heard the story for so many years that it has become somewhat commonplace. These stories we know so well become a little watered down and somehow we may have lost the sense of wonder and amazement and the desire to know more. And yet, what if it is true? What if there really is a God who loves us and the world so much that he chose to come into it and make himself known? J.I. Packer said this, The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of incarnation. Perhaps we need to hear the story again with humility and wonder and curiosity. Imagine if we got to hear this story for the first time all over again. I wonder how we would feel. I wonder if we can attempt to try that this Christmas day and be open to knowing God's love for us with a new appreciation. Michael Spencer says, Without incarnation, Christianity isn't even a very good story and most sadly, it means nothing. 
I think be nice to one another is not a message that can give my life meaning, assure me of love beyond brokenness and break open the dark doors of death with a key of hope. The incarnation is an essential part of Jesus-shaped spirituality. Psalm 96, 1-2 says, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. So I want to invite you today and every day to look at the story of Jesus with fresh eyes of wonder. Imagine it's the first time you hear this story, this incredible, humble story. It didn't stop at this incredible gift of incarnation. We know the life of Jesus on earth was marked in history with mind-blowing ministry, working against social norms, calling the unequipped, healing and transforming, and then the ultimate sacrifice that saved us all until we reach eternity. Today we reflect on the birth of a baby, the insignificant circumstances intentionally placed for the most significant outcome. So as we step out into the celebrations, the festivities and the world as we know it today, we go out knowing that we worship not an insignificant baby, but the saviour of the world, our hope in the darkness, the greatest love story of all time, Prince of Peace, our joy in times of grief and our good news to share with everyone we meet. Praise forever to our King of Kings.